Amiga. Welcome to Amiga Rise Up. I'm Sofia Estrella, the host of this podcast, and a Puerto Rican from Chicago who loves Jesus and loves coffee. I'm a wife, mother, entrepreneur, business, and career coach. And just like you, I've been in a place where I've questioned God on what my calling is, or I felt stagnant knowing that there had to be more to my life. I've been in a place where I lost sight of who God has called me to be and stuck in doubt or fear to take a risk and take the next steps, forgetting to walk in just the boldness and authority that he's given me. But not anymore. I know what needs to be done to rise up. My heart is to help women like you transition into the career or business that aligns with your calling so that you can walk in the authority and influence God intends for you. When you listen to this podcast, you'll learn that you and what you do are part of a much bigger plan. You'll learn that what God has called you to do in this season matters and that you have the ability to leave legacies where you are and change entire environments for his glory. There is more for you, Amiga, and if you're ready to find out what the more is and rise up the way God intended, then stay tuned. Let's do this. Welcome back to episode two of Amiga Rise Up. I'm Sophie, your host again, and today we're going to start a series on being a Christian that transforms the marketplace by diving into the seven areas God is calling his people to infiltrate and the significance of each of those areas. The title I gave this episode today is what is what I do less spiritual because I don't work in full-time ministry. We'll start today with the mountain of education. In addition, we're going to address the lie that some of us think that working in the marketplace is less spiritual or it's less in status than working in full-time ministry or a church. God's ultimate goal is to transform entire cultures, nations, etc. for his glory so that mankind will know him and spend eternity in heaven with him. That is his main purpose. And the way to do that is for believers to start infiltrating seven specific areas, because when these areas are under the submission of the Holy Spirit, an entire nation can be changed. Amiga, every single one of us is called to at least one of these areas of influence. These areas include media, such as reporters or journalists or magazine writers, um, government such as presidents or anything in the political arena, education, which includes administrators, teachers, and even beyond that, those placed in the government representing education, business slash economy. That also is going to include any science and medicine that's all in one area. Then there's the the area of religion. And the area of arts and entertainment and sports fall under that area as well. And then the final one is family, the area of family that God wants us to infiltrate. Both you and I have come and gone from jobs. And most times I know we don't really think nothing of it, right? We just, we give our resignation and we move on. At least I can say that I've done that in the past. But what's the big deal, right? I read this statement made by Johnny Enloe, and it really made me think, and hopefully will challenge you as well. So many of us Christians see ourselves as workers who happen to be Christians in our jobs, instead of seeing ourselves as a daughter or son of the king with a specific mission in that place. For example, you may be a nurse, God may have called you to that, 
that happens to be a Christian. But instead of seeing yourself as a daughter of the king of influence, you just go about thinking, I just have job duties to do. When really what God has given you is the authority over the hospital and you have a specific mission to bring healing, restoration, and salvation to the sick. Do you see the difference and the greatness involved in what you do? So many believers don't believe that they are called to full-time ministry because they don't work in a church. But ministry extends beyond the walls of the church. Sometimes on the journey of fulfilling what God calls us to, we forget our own voice and and who he's called us to be. I married into a family where both my sister-in-laws and my brother-in-laws are pastors. Um, A few years after I was married, my husband was then ordained as a pastor, and he worked in the church as well. And for years, I I just struggled secretly. I didn't tell people that I was feeling this way, but I felt like a black sheep because God had called me to work in the marketplace. For some reason, I just felt in my head that being a pastor was a higher calling than being called to the marketplace. I always thought through college that I was going to be a pastor's wife and work in what I thought was full-time ministry, but God had completely different plans. The funny thing is, I excelled in every position in the marketplace I had, rising to supervisor, a leader, or manager during my time until I finally started my own businesses. There was an anointing over my life to work in the marketplace. Blessings followed, favor with my bosses followed, finances followed so much so that positions were created for me and raises that were higher than what they ever gave to others were given to me. I knew God was in it. I have a story, I have story after story that confirmed that I was in a place, in the place God called me to. But there still remained like this feeling that I just, I wasn't spiritual enough to be part of the pastor's club. Let me preface all of this by saying that my family never made me feel this way. It was my mind monster. Remember, I mentioned my monsters in the last episode. They can just take over. But it wasn't until a pastor from a different church called me out and God used him to bring that inner secret thought out using the exact words I believed. He looked at me and he said, you feel like a black sheep in your family. And God began to use him to show me that God didn't see me that way. How many of you know that when God reads your mail like that, you stand at attention to hear what he's saying? I was freed that day from that mind monster and found my voice and confidence in who God has called me to be. I am called to the marketplace. I know that now. I am called to minister to women and I am called as a coach to help women transition into the career or business that is in alignment with their calling so they can walk in the authority and in the influence God intends for them. You don't need the title of pastor to preach or teach or love people. You don't need it. You don't need the title of worship leader to worship. Working in the marketplace or any other place than in the church is not a reduced calling. Amiga, it's not a reduced calling. I love how the Bible provides us with examples to prove how God sees us. I saw this example And it really helps to bring what I'm teaching you home. After the church was created, the apostles had been devoting themselves to preaching, but they were so focused on preaching and teaching, they didn't really think of the needs of the community and what was needed. So in James 6, 1 to 5, the scripture says that a complaint arose against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of items. 
Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among the seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they ended up choosing Stephen, a man full of faith and Holy Spirit. Stephen was chosen to run the food bank that supplied the food to the widows among them. How many of us will look at this initially and think this is not spiritual nature as a ministry within the church? Isn't it cooler to be out preaching and teaching? But Stephen was chosen because he was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. He understood that even though he was not a traveling preacher or teacher, God will still use him mightily among those he served. He found his supernatural calling in the midst of a natural career. I'm going to repeat that again. He found his supernatural calling in the midst of a natural career. That's exactly what God is showing us. In Acts 6, 8, 10, it says that Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and signs among people. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Just like Stephen, we need to believe that we are called to make a difference in our sphere of influence, in our jobs, in our career, in our businesses and homes. Your title, job or career should not hinder you from engaging in full-time ministry. Stephen took dominion over the area that was entrusted to him and he established God's kingdom in Jerusalem. Now, one thing I want to address here that can get misconstrued is that when you are called to a uh, marketplace job, It doesn't mean that you dismiss the duties of the job itself. I remember someone saying to me who was a nurse, I just want to sit and talk to to my patients about Jesus all day, every day. And hey, I love that she had that desire. God loves that you have that desire and he's going to use it. The only issue becomes is that in doing only that, you aren't fulfilling the obligations of the job. There's always going to be some kind of natural mixed with the supernatural when we work. You will end up getting fired if you are not doing the job you're getting paid for, and you can't blame your boss or God for that. There is a way in the midst of doing your job job duties in which you can bring God to life. I had a boss who's a principal of a public charter school, and she used this scripture all the time to describe how Jesus and God infiltrated um where they were, but also for us to be able to infiltrate in this, in this situation, the educational system, the high school, right? It's in Matthew, it is in Matthew 10, 16. And it says this, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as doves. In this scripture, God warns his disciples and the same for us as believers that we are getting sent out in the midst of wolves, meaning those that may be purposely angry towards us because we're believers or maybe hostile or against us just because it is the work of God. Sometimes those wolves may be those who say they are believers, but because you agree with their position, they become like a wolf and become hostile. We saw this a lot during the political um, presidency. I, I was in shock reading things on Facebook with how many how ugly people got in regards to that. It really was sad. And I always wondered, you know, I wonder what God is saying about all of this. When we face this, the question becomes, how can we advance the kingdom of God effectively without becoming bloodthirsty ourselves? 
or with without becoming like a wolf and we're looking to destroy others instead of lift them up. Jesus teaches his followers that to be Christ-like in a godless world, they must combine the wisdom of a serpent with the harmlessness of the dove. To be a wise as a serpent means to avoid the snares set for us, kind of like the Pharisees used to do with Jesus. They used to try to set him up all the time. Being wise as a serpent does not equal dishonesty. And to be innocent as a dove means serving God blamelessly, which does not mean being gullible or walked on. So if we look at Jesus' life in the Bible, he gives us tons of examples of how to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. He was always wise in the way he taught, and he knew enough to discern his audiences, sometimes using parables to get his point across, and not getting involved or trapped by statements the Pharisees made. He showed us how to live like a dove by living a pure and holy life. He was compassionate. You can show the love of Christ and his goodness and give him glory with your lifestyle. When people see your authenticity in the marketplace, in your current job, it's going to open doors to conversations, amiga. Being that school just started, I I want to focus on the mountain of education specifically because this is a big one. They're all important, but this is a big one as well. Satan has strategically taken this mountain because the training you receive as a child will guide you as you get older and affect generations. So if we can continue to keep out God from the education system, we're going to bring up a faithless generation. We've already seen some of the results of that, even with school shootings and the rebellion that we've seen in our kids today. It's sad that since covid Many called to teaching have stepped away, specifically from the areas of early childhood, high schools and colleges. Um, I have a daycare center and tons. I lost a lot of staff after COVID for various reasons. But for some reason, COVID just really affected the educational platform. So many have made excuses to walk away from their calling and they just allowed fear to enter in. The lack of not understanding that your calling as a teacher is more than what you think has caused so many to walk away. So now that you understand that God needs you in the schools, how do how do you infiltrate the edu- the whole entire educational system and change it for God's glory? Obviously, the first as a Christian is always to begin with intercessory prayer and worship, lifting up our educational system to the Lord, right? If you have had a heart for the educational system, then ask God in what way has has he called you to infiltrate this mountain? The educational system has to be infiltrated on different levels by God's people. This includes from people who are just intercessors, prophets, or apostles, to teachers, administrators, decision makers locally, decision makers on the state level, and decision makers even in the federal government. When we look at all the mountains I mentioned earlier, there's a, there is education involved in each one of them in some capacity. Learning has to take place. That's how we grow. That's That makes us who we are. It's a very important and powerful area. Believers will sometimes forfeit training and education in order to do what, what they feel is just the Lord's work or called to ministry, which is great. And that doesn't mean everyone is called to school like the brick and mortar colleges but there still is training and education you should receive. You know, this all sounds good, but if as believers, if we have the perspective 
that no job is secular and the training and education where we, we receive will only give us more opportunities to advance the Lord's kingdom, wouldn't it make sense to include education and training in what you're called to do in every area? When God's people step forward to serve, God's back backs it up. God backs it up with his power. When an educator is kingdom minded, they're able to tap into the supernatural strategies as they work with kids, even kids that have different challenges. God will give you ideas on what to do with that specific specific child so you can reach them. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Kingdom minded educators can bring stability in an unstable environment. They understand that every word they say plants a seed. And even if they don't see the fruit immediately, the Bible says no words return void in Isaiah 55, 11. We need educate, educators who are Holy Spirit filled and empowered, who will give education an extreme makeover. Can you imagine that? And you can be that educator, amiga. You can be the one able to develop new curriculum that will be attractive and insightful even to the secular world. You can help to call out the creative side of children, which will help to bring giftings to the surface that have been snuffed out because the emphasis in schools nowadays many times is often left brain driven on math, logical thinking, and we forget the creativeness. So how does this principle of the charter school I mentioned infiltrate the educational system with the word of God, even though legally she can't say a word about God or Jesus? (laughs) How do you do that? She shows it. She has a genuine love for the students and staff at her school. She has and shows compassion and disciplines in love. The teachers under her are required to speak to students in a way that lets them know they are awesome and that they're leaders. The policies and the words posted around the school all speak life into the kids and the staff. The principal and the administration, the, the entire administration surrounding her all walk in that love of Christ. They see all children, regardless of behaviors, attitudes, color, financial background, religion. They see them as children of promise. And that's huge. Every child has a promise and a calling on their life. She advocates for the kids she serves in political arenas on all levels as well to create just positive change in a system that's under-resourced, especially for underprivileged inner city children. What if you're not a principal? And your reach maybe doesn't extend it far, as far as maybe a principal can. You still have a mission assigned to you by God in the system. It may be the classroom. It may be the nursing office. It may be the front desk. But your mission is to first follow what God tells you and in the natural to be a godly example. Even things such as getting to work on time, doing your job with purpose, being positive in the office instead of Oscar the Grouch treating people with love and respect. And even if you disagree, you don't dishonor the person. You just agree to disagree. You'll see that God will open doors for you to share about him and favor will go before you. If he's called you, he's equipped you. Well, Amiga, thank you for joining me today. And I can't wait to have you back here next Monday at 8 a.m. where we'll talk about infiltrating the family. You won't want to miss it. So I would love to just have you here. If you're trying to figure out what God is calling you to in this season, I am here to help as well. You can always message me and I do do 30 minute coaching calls to help women just find out what it is that they need to be doing. 
You can also go to Instagram at Ignite Your Calling to ask questions or, or even join my Facebook group called Kingdom Minded Women Aligning Purpose, Calling, and Career so that we can stay in touch throughout the week. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Bye.